0: Joan Breibart, Body Conversation, season three, episode three, and the miracle weight loss drug that was published on February 10th. I'm reading from the New York Times. A game changer. Drug brings weight loss in patients with obesity. So what is the name of this drug? Semaglutide. And the good news is it's been in existence for a, a long time. It's been used to treat people who have diabetes. And someone came up with the very smart idea, well, let's increase the dosage and see what it's going to do for weight loss in obese people. So reading from the New York Times, it says semaglutide is a synthetic version of a naturally occurring hormone that acts on appetite centers in the brain and in the gut, producing feelings of satiety. A high-dose regimen of the drug has not been studied long enough to know if it has serious long-term consequences. Well, they have to put that in. So what they're really saying is the test, which was a big test, over 2,000 people, 50% had a placebo, 50% had this drug, uh, which has been around for a long time, but at a much lower dosage to treat diabetes. And now this high-dose, the high-dose regimen, has been found to be extremely effective, or so this article says, in weight loss. And what does extremely effective mean? It means that in a study that lasted 68 weeks, the majority of people who were on the drug, not the placebo obviously, lost 15 to 20% of their body weight. Now we're talking about people who are 300 pounds or more. So that's a lot of weight, but it's still, and they have a picture of a young a young woman. I, I guess she's in her late 20s, who clearly, uh, from what you do the math, it was 300 pounds. And so she lost uh, 40 pounds in 68 weeks. And everyone's saying, what? That's a big success? I mean, every diet tells you you can lose one to two pounds a week and you're right that's true and i love to do these um, questionnaires that the diet companies put out weight watchers ww sorry um, and uh, noon and all these things asking about your emotional eating and uh, your exercise and your sleep sleep is now the new one right and on and on and, on. and of course no matter what numbers you put in your height and your weight and your age and your sex, um, it always comes out the same. One to two pounds a week, right? You could be weighing 400 pounds, one to two pounds a week, and you might put in a a fake number that you want to lose five pounds, right? A real five pounds, and it'll be the same thing. So why is this so great? Well, it's because of the real facts, the statistics on... How many people stick with a diet and for how long? And of course, the numbers we know um, are pathetic, which is that people go on a diet and they, um, what can I say? They last three weeks. So, wow. So that means 40 pounds. That's a great deal of weight loss because the person didn't diet and they just took the drug. Now, of course, the drug needs to be injected. And at the lower dose, it's $1,000 a month. But, and that's covered by, if you have diabetes, apparently it's covered by some insurance. And who knows whether if it's going to be used for weight loss, it'll be covered um, at the higher dose. And what will that cost? But anyway, it's all very interesting because this is what it has uh, going for it. Semaglutide is a synthetic version of a naturally occurring hormone that acts on appetite centers in the brain and in the gut, producing feelings of satiety. Wow, where is the calories in, calories out? Where's the good food, bad food? No, no, no. So that's why I'm here, because 80 Bites, formerly diet directives, which... Uh, As I've mentioned before, in 1987, April 1987, five pages in Self Magazine, should have been the game changer, but nobody cared. Then uh, we kept going with it. Um, Meredith Luce, who has more degrees than a thermometer in nutrition and public health, used it for her bariatric patients. These are people having surgery to reduce the size of the stomach. Anyway, I continued to work and use it. Uh, And then in 2000, we published a lovely book called Diet Directives. And uh, again, nobody, none of the press cared. I mean, that was really an amazing thing after they're talking to me endlessly for a decade about Pilates. Wouldn't even respond to a phone call. Uh, The only person who liked it was Julia Child because we sent her a copy and apparently she's not one to uh, endorse anything. Then in 2004, uh, it was still diet directives and we put it on a website and we paid, I think $29 for this marvelous program, all about stomach size and hormones, but of course not carries in, carries out. And uh, again, uh, very little response. And so we kept changing it and changing it. And then we got the app, the 80 Bytes app. And then we changed the name and here we are today. And now we have this game changer and it's all about hormones. Hormones. Now, tomorrow you'll read an article about some new diet, some new calories in, calories out, tortos calories, magic foods. These are the foods you should eat all the time. Superfoods, whatever. Eat, eat, eat. No one says to you, you can't eat your way out of fatness. You can't find some marvelous combination of foods that's just going to do it because you're not going to stick with it because you don't want it. And it really is not actually helping you. So what I find interesting is that the advice given to the people who were on the drug and had this... um, huge success. And then the 50% who were on the placebo who lost, I think, 2% of their weight on average, right? 2%, right? We're talking about people who weigh a huge number. That they were given advice by the people uh, dispensing the drug, the doctors and nurses. The advice was to eat healthy and exercise. So they were doing what now people should understand actually works against weight loss that when you exercise and you're obese you simply have a problem that is going to go beyond any calorie burn-up you have the cortisol levels unable to drop and they're four times the cortisol receptors in the abdomen you have unbalancing of hormones so When we talk about satiety, satiety comes from leptin. Nobody knows that name, L-E-P-T-I-N, probably. But when uh, hormones started to be studied, which was not that long ago, they thought, oh, well, obese people just don't have any leptin, and uh, that's what's the problem, right? They never feel uh, like they've had enough to eat. And then they found out, no, that wasn't true. Maybe it wasn't really active, Maybe the ghrelin, G-R-E-H-L-I-N, which makes you hungry, was in some way affecting it. And of course, this is very hard to study and nobody can really know. because You can't cut somebody up while they're eating, right? So um, who knows if anyone will find out exactly what happens. But this is all anyone has to know because it's going against everything that you've heard. Strangely, when people have bariatric surgery, and there are several different kinds, but whatever it is, they have surgery and they end up with a stomach that's the size of a toddler. A toddler, a two-year-old. And probably the next day or within a few days, their diabetes, which they have, that's why they're getting surgery, and they weigh a lot, as we know, just disappears. And no one really, even the doctors don't really know why, but it has something to do with the stomach size and the hormones. And again, it's just too complicated. And there's no point memorizing these names of leptin and ghrelin and uh, cortisol and insulin and all these things because we don't really understand why they become unbalanced and what does obesity do. We know, of course, that it uh, affects estrogen, but it's so confusing if you, uh, you know, are not a, I don't know, an MD who specializes in this or um, someone who's a scientist who studies uh, hormones. But it doesn't really matter. You don't need to think about it. You only need to know. You have to forget all of this: good food, bad food, and exercise, and Just do what you can to eat less, less often. And that's what 80 Bites is about. That's what the app is about. Not that you will be eating. If you eat 80 Bites, does that mean you're going to be thin and beautiful? No. If you eat fewer, does that mean it? No. If you eat 90, is that good? No. None of those things. You're working towards something that's invisible, reducing the size of your stomach, or at least in some way toning it up. Whatever it is, you want to feel that you're not hungry all the time. And it doesn't mean you're hungry because uh, you, what can I say, you don't have any food because uh, maybe that is with some people, but for the majority of people, food is so cheap in America, they have food. And it's not that it's bad food because the stomach doesn't know the difference between a cookie or kale. But they do. the stomach does know it's a muscle about being stretched, right? And that's, that's really what we're talking about. So um, it's hard because it so contradicts because calories in, calories out became um, the best money-making situation. And um, if I were working with a lot of these um, companies who sell diets, whether I was working for one or a consultant to many, um, I would be really concerned because the more that it comes out about hormones, uh, the more difficult it's going to be. I mean, you take Weight Watchers, WW, um, as most people now know, almost every food is on the free list. You have these points, which really we know are just uh, a shorthand for the calories with some fiber or something, but whatever. Um, And so what happens is that you have so much food, practically everything. Maybe ice cream is not on the list or avocado, who knows? But you can just eat as much as you want. And because they're low in calories or healthy, um, and that includes all uh, fruits too, um, you just can keep filling yourself up and getting used to that feeling and getting used to the hand-mouth activity and your stomach getting used to the fact there's always going to be a food drop and wanting that food drop. So this is really um, something that uh, is going to be hard to undo, but what are the numbers? Approximately 60% of U.S. adults... US adults, um, have pre-diabetes or diabetes, right? There's 130, I think there's 130 million people over 18, uh, large numbers of people under. And, uh, wow, that's, um, that's a lot of people that are in this situation. And of course, um, you know, we know that, uh, the recent issues, recent health issues have been affected by it. So um, that's going to be more and more something you're going to hear and uh, because it can't be avoided any longer because this drug is uh, about hormones. It's not about calories. And when in fact you're given information that will actually work against you, and you still lose the weight, it's because it's probably manipulating ghrelin and leptin. And uh, that's going to make it all very different. Now, true, I don't know what happens for all those people who unfortunately take medication they need. Some of them are steroids, or maybe for depression, or to prevent cancer recurring. And those drugs seem to make people gain weight And uh, it's not their fault, obviously. And they have to take the drugs. I don't know why they can't come up with these drugs where that is not a side effect. But when you hear about this um, new uh, semaglutide, the people who took it say they had no side effects. So that's great. Uh, Dr. Carolyn O. Jovian, co-director of the Center for Weight Management and Wellness at Brigham and Women's Hospital and a member of Novo Nordis, that's the company that manufactures the drug advisory board, said the effectiveness of semaglutide was phenomenal and that the trial results may lead insurers to cover it. So that's good news. I mean, I'm hoping insurance companies will uh, be generous in this way. I mean, they're already covering so many drugs that people take and they have to. So um, this is where it is. Now on a larger front and why, of course, this is going to be occupying a lot of our time, everybody is walking away from America. So here we are with this big problem and uh, no one really cares, except maybe not even the people who are coming up with uh, the explanations for our decline And and very famous military people like uh, Andrew Bosovich and Mike Mullen have written about what's happening in America and the world and China and all these things you would expect, like our huge uh, deficit and the income inequality and the racism and on and on and on. But it's interesting when you see little articles, and I read the New York Times and um, Washington Post and many others, New Yorker and on and on, and you see the articles and no one's connecting the dots. So with every one of these, I'm gonna connect the dots. So last week, a small country in South America, it was Paraguay, had a big article about their need to uh, be involved in terms of trade with China. And um, they, they had something going on with Taiwan, which they want to drop and will, and then they can be with China. Nothing about the U.S. So they're looking east, not north. Then we find out, that, well, that's apparently what our neighbors to the south uh, feel about America. No, let's look to China. Forget north. Then there was one about France, which I actually thought was funny because I'm a Francophile, Um, and that was how they were disgusted with America and all our wokeness and PC and gender-neutral pronouns. Well, that's really funny since uh, we now know that most Americans have no idea what a pronoun is. Sometime, maybe it was 40 years ago, they stopped teaching sentence diagramming in school and of course you listen to journalists on tv people with ivy league degrees saying between you and i know it's between you and me or they start a sentence with my friends and me or of course the the mother of all this eat healthy so we don't know a, a pronoun from a an adverb but our biggest concern now is gender neutral pronouns. So France has said, forget it, we don't want anything to do with America. Now, people, of course, are going to say, oh, all of this is just because of Trump. But that's not true, because as a person who actually has traveled a bit and started to go to Europe, I think in 1960, a long time ago, and was always told that I didn't seem like an American. Was I really an American? Well, you know that that had to do with their image of Americans, and I didn't fit that image. So let's face it. uh, They never really thought we were wonderful, but they loved the money. They loved our money, so they put up with us. But now we don't have any money, so why put up with us, right? And... um, That's really what it was. And I will tell you that I think Trump did what uh, is a common thing in a relationship that's not going well. And that would be, let's say, um, the woman breaks up with the man because she thinks he's going to break up with her. So do it before it happens or something like that. We're all aware of this dynamic. Most people have probably been in it. So... uh, Trump broke up with the world, except for Russia uh, and Korea, and then um, he knew they were they were already disgusted with us. So uh, here we are, where we're going to have to fix our health issues, and uh, we have an economy that is broken, and uh, children who've been permanently damaged by not being in school. The rest of the world didn't really cotton to us but they put up with us and now what's the point? And meanwhile we're praying and playing and um, hoping and and gender neutral and wokeness and everything is a PC uh, and wimpiness and weakness and on and on and on. And, uh, you know, we'll have to get a grip. That's about what it is. So I'm going to continue to talk about uh, how someone can unload from their brain all this weight loss information, which this study certainly proves is useless. Remember, it's a hormone, hormone, hormone. And uh, hopefully um, it'll have an impact that's positive.